Well, never a dull moment in the 2023 football season as we welcome you into the Texas Sports Unfiltered postgame show. Texas wins once again, somehow, trying to give this thing away. Uh, uh, welcome in, friends. Our postgame show right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, presented by Clean Cause, Verde's Mexican Perea. Kenfield Golf Cars, Hat Creek Burger Company, Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill, and Paul's Motorworks. It is Isaiah Collier and Rodney Rodriguez taking you into the night here as we are past 10 o'clock. Diving in once again, Texas uh, escapes. And um, this thing kind of set itself up nicely with Texas uh, in sole possession of first place going into the uh, contest tonight. But here we are once again, Texas managing to... to to get away when it seemed like it was well in hand once again, Zay. Um, man, I got to tell you, dude, I, I think you and I, we were kind of going back and forth there a little bit, and I thought we were kind of breezed through this thing and um, j just kind of, you know, talk about all the things that, that Texas did well. But, man, what the hell? What the hell? What? Why are we having this conversation again, uh, escaping with a three-point win in Fort Worth? Yeah, definitely frustrating, obviously, coming out of this game. You're looking at the health of Jonathan Brooks. That is not good. This guy has been the leading catalyst dude for this Texas team all year long. And, you know, C.J. Baxter, he's good and all, but he doesn't do what 24 does. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Not necessarily look forward to, but look at for these next few weeks, especially when the Horns go to Ames next weekend. But, yeah, Rodney, a win's a win. At the end of the day, and you're in sole first possession of first place in the Big 12, you couldn't ask for anything more. But, yeah, it is a huge question mark when you're up by 20, 26 to 6 going into half, and you only win the game 29 to 26. Go back to U of H, you're up 21-0. You win that game 31-24. Going back to Kansas State, you're up 27 to 7, and you win that game in overtime 33 yep. to 30. So it's like, damn. Fellas, like, can we not get it together? You know, it seems like what we saw last year, a lot of those second-half woes are starting to come back again. And, hey, I don't know what it is. A lot of these Horns teams in the past wouldn't have won this game, but this team ends up getting it done. And that's all you could ask for when a lot of teams in the Big 12 are being up on each other. So, you know, when you go to Fort Worth, it's – never pretty you know that team's going to give you their yep. all regardless of the talent that they have over there or the season that they're having and that's what they did but hey the, seems like the horns got a lot of favorable calls this week and that might have been the game you think about terrence brooks on that two-point conversion at the end that was an easy pass interference call like you <laughs> i don't know how they missed that but hey terrence brooks hey it's not called. You got away with it, bro. And it ended up being 29-19. That was big. But, yeah, you know, the Horns, they survive another one, Rodney. And it's off to Ames next week, 9-1 right now. And the nation's in at the seventh spot. So, I guess that's all you could ask for, you know. I don't really. It's a weird game, man, really weird game. Man, and I have to tell you, I mean, it's been one of those things to where it's it's never comfortable. I mean, it really did feel like in that second half that it was going to be 
I mean, a business trip. I, I mean, I, I actually wrote down as this game was going on, Zay, I'm like, okay, to, to me, this really feels like a business trip. You know, you get you get Quinn coming in here. Quinn looked comfortable. Quinn looked, you know, a little uneasy there for a little bit. But, I mean, I like the game plan. They leaned on the running game there with Jonathan Brooks and, and really started doing things here. I mean, uh, you know, JT Sanders was involved there for a little bit. And it really seemed like this was something that, that, it, that it was going to be a, a comfortable win. But still – once again, it, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure what, what the mindset is, but you get into that second half and man, I, I don't know if you're sitting back there just getting comfortable or what the deal is, but man, here we go again. And it, you have to think at some point, and again, you, you said it, man, a win is a win. I mean, you are in sole possession of first place in the big 12, but damn it, man, you get into one of these things like this and, and man, it, 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 it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. No, it shouldn't. And the Styles points, they're not going in your favor right now because you need Styles points when it comes to the committee. You know, Alabama, they're getting their Styles points all over the nation. They beat up on Kentucky today, and they're looking like a team that you didn't see when you went to Bryant-Denny Stadium in week two. They're looking like yeah. a different team. So if Alabama were to jump Texas, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, the Big 12, it's weak. You know, it's a weak conference and they're struggling getting these wins, even though they're wins. And a lot of Texas fans are saying, hey, let's just get to Jerry World at the end of the day. We're about the CFP later. Well, I feel like this team has bigger aspirations than that. As good as a Big 12 championship would be, which you only have three on record, and that's ridiculous. So, again, that fourth one, obviously, that's like a gold mine right now. But, yeah, it's just uh, – Joe, come on, man. We we can't be throwing Sark out there like that, Joe talking about Sark drinking during halftime. Come on, man. He, he had a problem. He, he ain't doing that shit no more. That's right. But, um, yeah, it's it is odd. It's very odd for them to just kind of loosen up the way they did, and then the defense starts getting gutted. And once you know Hoover started making some pretty crazy throws, and you look at some of those guys for uh, TCU, like Wet Williams, he had a really great game: eleven catches, one hundred and sixty-four yards. He's out here leaping cats, and Jared Wiley had that. Jared Wiley, yeah. like, you know, he's he had that big game too. So it's just. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see much of Jade Barron in that second half. You saw more of Jalen Gilbo and yeah, like the injuries, Jonathan Brooks, that scares me. That yeah. really does. Cause it did not look good. Him going out. And you know, he was beaten up last week when he went out a couple of times. So, you know, not having him with CJ Baxter coming in. See again, CJ Baxter's good, but he doesn't make that man miss like JB does. Like JB, he just makes guys miss so easily and he's always pushing forward. That's where CJ Baxter needs to go. But I'm with you, Rodney Quinn. He looked good besides that interception that he threw, which shout out to Jordan Winnington. Talk about a guy with heart. Yeah. Like Jordan Winnington. I don't know. If that might be the play of the game later. Who knows? We'll get to that. But his uh, you know, strip on the fumble after Quinn threw that interception. That was a big time play that really swung momentum. And yeah, you got to have guys like Jay Witt. I know he's not getting the attention when it comes to his receiving yards that, you know, he probably would like, but at the end of the day, he's keeping his head up and he's making plays for his team. And that was a winning play. So yeah, Quinn Ewers to be 300 and something yards, you know, you could tell he's not 100%. You could just tell by the way he's just kind 
kind of, you know, his body language doesn't look 100% to me. And he made some big-time throws. And shout-out to Sark. That pass to Adonai Mitchell on the third down to ice the game. Yeah. That was a ballsy play. <laughs> that was a yeah, real was. ballsy play, man, because he could have easily ran and then said, yo, let's put it in our defense's hands, which started to get gutted in that fourth quarter. But, yeah, Adonai Mitchell, what a terrific game from him. Quinn Ewers obviously threw that thing, you know, short. And Adonai Mitchell definitely adjusted to make that big play to ice the game. But, I mean, as much as we're bitching about the horns giving up these leads and stuff, at the end of the day, they're winning games still. And I guess that's all you could ask for, you know. But you want it to be more convincing, Rodney. And yeah. the fact that it's not, I think the committee, they're going to use that against them once the season ends. And that's going to be unfortunate. But you know, hey, it is what it is. The Big 12's weak. You got to be blowing certain teams out, kind of like these guys like Oregon and Alabama are blowing teams out. And the fact that the horns are not and letting teams come back, that's starting to become a big issue. It, it really is. And the bad thing is, a, I mean, you re, you're putting yourself, I mean, you're very susceptible to, um, to, to, to something bad happening at this point. And like you're talking about, I mean, going to Ames, I mean, that, that's going to be one hell of a test coming up right here. I mean, this right here with what TCU did, you knew that they were going to be fired up. You knew that they were going to come out and they were going to give you everything they had, even as comfortable as everything looked in that second half, you knew that at some point they they were going to wake up and, and, and they did, and they did. And they put Texas on the ropes again. And, and again, we, we want all of your comments. Code of text line is open 512 222 Nine three two eight. We want to hear from you guys uh, and ladies throughout uh, the post game show right here, and of course uh, the YouTube text line presented by Clean Cause. That is a great company right here in Austin, uh, making a difference. Clean Cause that beverage uh, it gets fifty percent of the profits to support individuals in recovery uh, from drug and al alcohol addiction. Half of the profits uh, it's going to something good around Austin and the country. Clean Cause drinks are uh, organic, sparkling. Uh, Yerba mate and flavors like cherry lime and orange ginger. Uh, it's going to, it's going to make your day better. It's going to make your day better. And of course uh, we do uh, as we'll dive further into breaking down this game tonight, Texas again, winning uh, once again, uh, moving on, managing to uh, stave off another, uh, another comeback right there. Uh, clean cause. Uh, you can get those at Seven uh, Eleven, HEB, Whole Foods, all those different places, really cool stuff right there. And they will uh, be the presenting sponsor tonight of our uh, YouTube text line. So you, guys feel free to uh, continue to to be a part of that tonight but um you know as this game starts out zay i mean we can kind of you know tail it back to the beginning of it you know with with quinn coming in i mean i, I did like the game plan coming in i mean they're, they're really uh using the ground game that we talk about all the time i mean we talk about it all the time to, to really utilize that with jonathan brooks and and obviously we'll dig into you know I mean, we can speculate what this injury is, how, how, how severe this is going to be. But, I mean, you had to like the way that this ball game started because it, it was it was a very, uh, very tight game plan that came in. And Quinn, yours, he, Quinn looked comfortable. I, I mean, he looked comfortable. I mean, he, he, I, I, I said at one point, I said it out loud, I said, Quinn's balls look really good. And uh, thank God there was nobody else around because they'd have been like, what are you doing talking about Quinn's balls? But uh, <laughs> everything every everything looked really good right there the way that the ball game started out. And uh, the first half, pretty solid in that first half there for the Texas offense and the defense. I mean, defense, what do you say about those guys, man? They, 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 were, they were buttoned up and doing everything that they've been doing. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and this was one of Xavier Wordy's best games of the season. Like, he showed me a lot today, and he had Josh Newman in shambles. Like, Josh Newman, one of the best cornerbacks, not only in the Big 12, but in the nation. He'll be playing on Sundays someday. He had a few holding calls just because Xavier Worthy was breaking them off a little something-something. And to end up with 10 catches, 137 yards, like Xavier Worthy, for his size, the contact that he just takes, like, he took some shots tonight. And I was like, yo, Xavier, you only about a buck 65 soaking wet. You better, yeah. you know, chill out a little bit on some of these hits. But he wants that. He wants to get those extra yards. He wants to show his toughness. And he definitely did that. And, yeah, I'm right with you, Noah. Like, these big leads, they're getting old. Like, giving up these big leads, they really are getting old. And, you know, I I had a bad feeling in the second half, Ronnie, because yeah. I always talk about Steve Sarkeesian as good of a play caller that he is or making plays. Let's say that his play calling sometimes could be a little questionable. But in that second half, he had a play early. It was on Texas's first drive. Jonathan Brooks gets nine yards. It's th- third and one. And instead of giving it to Jonathan Brooks again, he throws one of those screen passes to Jonte Cook and it gets blown up. And right then I was like, dude, you're not reading the room. And like the momentum shifted from right there. The momentum shifted. They had the punt. Uh, TCU goes down and it was the fourth down where Michael Taft should have got called for the whole day. Thank goodness that yeah. he didn't. But TCU in the red zone ended up going uh, turnover on downs. But still, the momentum just felt like, OK, now TCU, they have confidence that they could get in the red zone and push the ball up the field. And we already mentioned what Savion Williams did. Hell of a game by him. He was out there mossing dudes and just being a big body receiver. But yeah, this is just something that has to get taken care of. And I know you have two games left and it looks like you're on a smooth path to Jerry world. But if you're trying to play postseason football, like this Texas team wants to do, then those issues, they can't be around, man. Like you already got issues in the red zone and the red cat. I think we're done with that. I think it's kind of ran its course. It was fun during the early part of the season. Savion Red, I don't know why he's getting on sportsmanlike calls on the sideline. Thank goodness, you know, that wasn't a unsportsmanlike and a late hit call, even though they ended up scoring on that uh, drive. But, yeah, I, I think it's ran its course. We got to get more creative back to the drawing board when we get into certain short down situations. But, yeah, that first half, everything was money. Like Quinn yeah. Ewers, you know, to Adonai Mitchell, that was on point. Jonathan Brooks had that nice, uh, you know, the patented screen pass where Quinn's looking to the right side and they throw back to the left for 70-something yards. And then Jay Brooks had the touchdown after that. Like, they were really moving the ball in the first half to go up 26-6. to six. And you thought, okay, here we go. This is what we wanted mm-hmm. to see. It's going to be more like Kansas. This is going to be a blowout win. The committee's going to see this and say, okay, Texas for real. And they don't 
do that. They let TCU live. TCU gets some life. They get some juice. They're hyped. They can't convert, you know, on third downs anymore. They're not throwing as well. It's just like second half, this team isn't as locked in and they got to figure that out. And now we got a lot of people on our, uh, um, you know, comment section talking about, hey, just Big 12 championship now. You can't even look at CFP anymore. I might yeah. be right there with them. You know, a lot of teams that you were expected or you were hoping to lose today from Michigan didn't lose. You know, Ohio State to Michigan State, that wasn't going to be an L. Miami, they did their best, but Florida State still got them. And I just mentioned Alabama. You know, it's Washington barely yeah. sneaks it out. Like yeah. all of these teams that you need to lose are still winning, and Texas is winning this ugly. Like that's not good for when the committee goes to the drawing board and selects every on this uh, Tuesday coming up. Up. so yeah i shit man <laughs> no man That's... i want to be hype about this win like if you should be hype about this win it's tcu they were just in the national championship last year why am i not more excited but hey this is texas the expectations should be this high and hey they won, Rodney. That's all you could say. They yep. won. They could have easily lost this game, and they won somehow. And it's on to Ames next week to see what they can do against Matt Campbell and the scrappy Iowa State team. Yeah, and Iowa State leading BYU right now with about uh, eight minutes to go there in the first half. It's a 24-7 to ball game. So um, that, that's going to be a team that's primed up and ready to go. And, man, kind of back to the Red Cat thing with what you were talking about, Say, and I, and I see that there uh, on the comments there on the uh, Clean Cause uh, YouTube comments. I mean, that, that really is a thing right now to where, I mean – put some variety in there man you you know what's coming each and every time you know what's coming man it's way too predictable i will say they actually did texas actually did run the ball on the first play of the game so there you go so uh maybe it kind of moved that <laughs> but you know the the fact is man it, it becomes way too obvious and, and you can't be blowing these leads and and it really is to me, you know, with uh, man, I don't know what the hell happened to Oklahoma State today, man. They, they went Ooh. in and they got fucking destroyed. There is, yeah. dude, 45 to three at UCF, man. And that's where looking at this, and this is where I was really thinking with this. Okay, here's that resume thing because, man, I, I think it's a bunch of horse shit with the committee. I mean, I, I totally get that. If you had a true playoff thing, you know, that where, where things really balance themselves out and, and, you know, whatever, but, but that's not the case. That is not the case. It all comes down to what that committee's thinking. But damn it, when you, when you get Alabama that continues to do what, what, what they're doing, I mean, Alabama's looking really good. I mean, thank you, Noe. How about that right there? That's yeah, what I'm talking looking about. Looking out, man. Appreciate you. That is all right right there. Thank you, Noe. Thank you, my brother. But but when you have that, and, and then Kansas, Kansas gets beat by Yormar U. I mean, you have that one going down. Um, you know, Baylor or uh, Kansas State bounces back, and they take care of business. But, man, this was all set on a nice silver platter right here for you. And, and man, it looked like it was really going to progress. I, 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 let's kind of go back to that first half a little bit, with, and, and we'll dig further back in. Um, with yours. Um, I know on, on chaos theory, I was very vocal that I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you give him another week, but he comes in, he ran the offense. He did. He looked comfortable. He was throwing some really good balls. Um, all of that looked really good. He, he looked extremely comfortable uh, when the game was still in hand, if you want to call it that. Yeah. 
Definitely did. And if it just wasn't for some of the play calling, like shout out to the defense for uh, TCU in the second half. Like they knuckled up. Like you got a team that eight returning starters from the national championship team that or that was in the national championship game last year so they have dudes over there it's just been very inconsistent you know throughout the whole season with what coach Gillespie likes to do and we know that 335 defense has been a kryptonite for Quinn Ewers like that he's yep. been struggling with that type of formation throughout his young tenure and to throw for over 300 yards you know 23 for 33 a couple of those throws early you, he got a little rust off like that one to Adonai Mitchell, uh, yeah. where Adonai got the double bird by the fans and stuff. That should have been yeah, a touchdown. Ah, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that. You're Texas. You're gonna get some yep. pettiness. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate that. Besides, and what was the Indian ball boy doing? Did you see that? Yeah, man, I saw that. What what the hell was what that? What the hell? Why is he so involved? Like, I don't know. I don't know. He might get fired. They might have a little slight talking to him or if they didn't during the game, because that was odd. After the uh, Adonai Mitchell touchdown early on, he was over there. He was the first one to greet him and was touching them yeah. and stuff. Adonai Mitchell, uh, he didn't knock him off him doing his TD dance and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just I, I, I don't know what's up with this team. Like, I'm glad you mentioned Oklahoma State because that makes the Oklahoma loss look so much worse. And mm. – Oklahoma, they've been screwing you over for years, decades. And in the year where you're better than them and you're ranked higher than them, it looks like they're going to screw you again because that 34 to 30 win at the Red River shootout a month ago, like that's going to haunt you with OU losing the way they have these last two games. And then Oklahoma State, the team that OU lost to, Bedlam last week, getting blown out the way they did, 45-3. to three. Like, the Big 12 is awful. That's what the committee's going to say. Yeah. They're going to look at yeah. all these other schools and all these other conferences and be like, yo, Big 12, we can't do it. Yeah, we can't get no nobody can get in because Florida State. That seems like they, unless if they lose in the ACC championship, I don't know who's gonna get them. I think the team whoever loses out of Michigan and Ohio State, the one loss team, they're gonna get in. And then you got, um, gosh, I'm missing somebody. The team that SEC SEC championship game, whoever wins that, whether it's Georgia or Alabama, they get in. You know, it's just yeah, it's it's it's. Yeah. It, it, it's tough right now for the horns. It's tough. And what you've needed was some blowout wins, some really convincing wins. So the committee could say, all right, we understand. We get it. Cause that Alabama dub as good as it is, it's getting more and more watered down week after week. And yeah, I mean, shout out to Scott and Scott in Texas says, I think fans are disappointed because this team has so much talent and they should have beaten OU and dominated these lesser schools and be in contention for a natty. Yeah. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying, Scott. Like I completely agree. It's just, I can't figure it out. Like I'm trying to go into some deep diving, crazy analysis right now. Like I have no idea. I mean, we no. know the red zone's been an issue, they're 95th in the nation coming into this game and red zone efficiency. Like that's been an issue for sure. As good as the defense is, we know that the second secondary is still pretty vulnerable and just so many moving 
parts and stuff. Like they could get gutted at times. And, you know, they kind of reverted back to Pete Kukowski's pretty soft coverage that we saw yeah. too much in the OU game and too much at the beginning of the season, just playing like eight, 10 yards off of guys and allowing those quick slants and, you know, those crossing routes get open, like play tighter, man. It's just, I know, you know, Williams and Richardson are big guys and stuff, but just too soft at times. Like people are asking, are they playing a prevent? Like why? Yeah. Like why? Hell, why? Yeah. You know? And somebody yeah. on the Dakota text line asking us, why are we talking about the CFP? Because, this is Texas national championship. Part of it, yeah, like, that's the expectation. Like, like the, and it's, it, we have to talk about the CFP because, like Scott just said, with all the talent on this squad, you're not going to have that next year when you go to the SEC. You're building culture here. Sark's done a that's good right. job in year three building something, and you've seen it with this team. Like, you see that there's some type of maturity with this squad and the leadership there. That's why they're winning these games that they would have lost in the Tom Herman, Charlie Strong era, year one Sark era. But yeah. it's just when you're so close, you got to do certain things that separates you from the rest of the teams that are also so close. And the Horns are doing the opposite. They're just they're, flat they're out going, doing the opposite. Yeah, they're going backwards. I mean, that's the whole thing with this. And, and I do. I totally acknowledge that. And I've talked about this so many times in the past to where, you know, over the course of the season to where a lot of these games, tonight included, you would have found a way to lose it. You'd have found a way to lose last week. You'd have lost to Houston. I mean, it, it be four losses right now with what we've seen in the past. So this team, I mean, I guess if you want to call it a nut check, if you want to call it a gut check, whichever, I mean, that, that's definitely something to where to where the program's going in the right direction. And I totally go back to that, to where that's, you have some consistency in the program. You're not changing the goddamn coordinator, though, sorry. You're, you're not changing the coordinators every year. So, so you have a little bit of consistency right there. And, and I think that that's a huge factor right now. But, you know, the, the whole thing is to, to where I go back and I look at this. Let, let's talk about Michigan today, for example. And again, this is the Texas postgame show. You guys feel free to chime in there on the code of text line or on the YouTube feed. You guys throw your comments out there. We'll address them as we can. But I want to see. I mean, especially after we continue to watch this week after week to where Texas is trying to find a way to lose these games. Man, I want to see I want to see that fucking tenacity that I saw from Michigan today. I mean, those dudes, I mean, you have I mean, I tweeted this out, you know, where it's like, well, you know, uh, you know, uh, Penn State got beat by a team without a coach. Well, that coach has been in that spot, you know what, now four times where he's having to fill in for the guy that's getting thrown out. But I mean, that's what I want to see. I want to see that right there to where in this game, uh, man, I, I really thought that this was going to wind up being like a 48 to 48 to 13, something like that. That's where I really thought this was going. But in the second half, Zay, it was just like everything just stopped. I mean, you go into full conservation mode, man. And, and the bad thing is what, what concerns me. I mean, I don't know if you get to the big 12 championship, I don't know who you're going to play. I mean, hell, I thought it was going to be Oklahoma state, but hell now I'd welcome to play Oklahoma state after what happened today with them and, 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 um, UCF, but man, it's like when you start doing that against a more quality opponent, you're going to get beat. You are going to get beat. You can't let these teams get themselves back in. And, and, and so many times to me, Zay, it seems like it, it's not so much um, – it, it's what you're not doing. It's what Texas is not doing. They're just kind of sitting back. 
just kind of sitting back, man, kind of sitting in the lounger, kind of kind of sitting in one of those great blue heron leather furniture chairs and just uh, letting those teams get back into it, dude. And 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 you can't be doing that. You can't be doing that against some of against some of the heavy hitters that you may run into down the road. Yeah, man, you're up 26 to 6 going into halftime and you only score three points after that. And if you break down all the horns possessions in the second half, the first possession in the second half, it was that weird, just Sark not reading the room drive where Jonathan Brooks gets nine yards. So third and one, what do we do? Oh, we're going to give it to Jonathan Brooks, right? Because that would make sense, Rodney. No, let's throw it behind the line of scrimmage to Jonte Cook. And he gets Molly walked. For no gain or a loss of yardage, and now you have to punt. Next possession, you have that weird Quinn Ewers floater where he threw it to nobody. It was an incompletion to Xavier Wordy. Xavier Wordy was open, but you got to hit him on the dart. He threw it too high. It was just hanging in the air. That was one of his worst passes. As good as Quinn Ewers was coming back from the uh, grade two AC joint, that was a horrible play. And then you go on the third possession where they're like, okay, let's just run the football the whole time. I want to say C.J. Baxter had about six runs. Jonathan Brooks had a couple of there. That's when Jonathan Brooks got hurt. So I felt like maybe the horns got a little tight once 24 went down. You're like, "Uh uh-oh. Because this dude, he's been so reliable all year yeah. long. And I know Jonathan Brooks got the start against Rice. But, I mean, excuse me, C.J. Baxter got the start against Rice. But Jonathan Brooks, he's our guy. Like, he's the, you know, focal point for this offense. and Or should be. We know Sark, that could get a little mixed up. But he goes out. And then C.J. Baxter gets stopped on the third down, and that's where you got that Bert Auburn field goal to make it 29-13. to 13. And then, you know, just just weird stuff, man. Weird, you know, Ryan Sanborn didn't have the best game. He had some pretty bad punts. It's yeah. just Bert Auburn, he's been solid. I've been really harsh on Bert Auburn early in this season because he had a couple of misses, and there was one point where he was three for six. I want to say he hasn't missed one since. Like, Jay, that's dude. just because he's from. He, that's just because he's from Westlake, dude. Come on, man. Bert Auburn's not. He's a Westlake guy. <laughs> is he really? Kidding. I had no idea. I think he is from Westlake. Oh, I, I, shit. Thought he was. I had no idea. Well, if he is, hey, salute to him because he's been having one <laughs> But um, yeah, man, it's just as stagnant as they get in the second half and Sark. We've seen that through Sark's tenure here at the University of Texas, which some people on our, you know, uh, comment section are talking about Sark's a coordinator. He's not a head coach. I get why that gets questioned. I completely yeah. understand because we know going back to Southern Cal and Washington, his track record wasn't good. His overall record wasn't good. So now at Texas, he just gets caught up sometimes of just not having a good feel for the game. And then when you see – teams make adjustments because that's what coaches are supposed to do when you're getting beat the way Sonny Dyke's team was getting beat you go into the locker room you say what can we do to change the momentum what can we do to get some juice and we knew coming into this game with what uh browse likes to do in this up-tempo style you know Jeff Lebby offensive coordinator for Oklahoma those guys are brother-in-law so 
I had a feeling that they would do very similar things. And those guys, me and Chip were joking about, they were on the phone with one another all week and Browse was asking, oh man, what'd you do to do to break down the Texas defense? You know, yeah. five plays, 75 yards in the last drive. Can we use that for our offense? And in the first half, it was non-existent, but in the second half, they figured some things out. They were getting that ball out quick. They were using their big, tight ends and receivers yards after catch and yeah they made some plays like josh hoover that dude he has some potential man like he ain't scared for a red yeah. shirt freshman that dude's pretty fearless and sometimes he throws some elevized throws and obviously he gave terrence brooks a chance when the horns you know scored two touchdowns in two minutes that was big but Hey, he made some pretty good throws in this game that shocked me. And yeah, it was just too little, too late. Unfortunate for the Horn Frogs, but yeah, damn man, like yeah, it's starting to get old. You look at Houston, you're up twenty-one zero. You look at Kansas, you're up twenty-seven to seven, and then this TCU game, twenty-six to six, and all three of those games they get very interesting and those teams come back in the second half. So that's what you yeah. want to see these next two games against Iowa state and Texas tech, which that, those aren't going to be any, you know, walkthroughs either. Like Iowa state's playing some good football right now. You mentioned what they're doing, the BYU and Texas tech, they got a good win against the Jayhawks today. So Joey McGuire's team, they're starting to play good football. And we know with what Brett Yormark said early in the season, Everybody in Lubbock and they mama can't wait to see that game the day after Thanksgiving to see if they could upset Texas and ruin everything that they got going on. So can the Horns have some consistency, especially in the second half these next two weeks? We'll see. And Zay, you you know that that Iowa State and and Tech, I mean, they're going to sit here and watch these three games that we're talking about. And I mean, know that, I mean, in the second half, I mean, if, if Texas jumps up on you, I mean, there's your opportunity to go over there and, 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 and get back in the ball game. And, and, and you know, one of the things that I saw, uh, I, I think I saw it on Twitter, I think is where it was, where I saw that JT Sanders uh, was over a thousand career yards in his, uh, you know, in his tenure here at Texas. And I really go back to that and man, that is the one dude that, that I just don't understand. Again, I'm not a play caller. I'm not a coach. I just sit here and talk to, to all of our, our great, you know, listeners and watchers about these, about these contests that we watch each and every time, but man, why are we not utilizing this dude just a little bit more? I mean, you have possibly the best tight end in the country that, I mean, we saw flashes of it. I mean, they used him a little more, a little more tonight than they had been, but I mean, we're sitting here watching this and it's like, man, especially when you get into crunch time like, like this and, and, and when Brooks goes down, I think it's going to be even more imperative shit for, for crying out loud at this point. I mean, depending on what, what the injury status is, and I guess we'll find out, you know, 11 a.m., you know, with the Sark press conference, I mean, the, as to how injured Jonathan Brooks is or what his status is going to be, man, you got to get JT Sanders involved right here, man, because this is a game changer. This is a guy when, when, when you're on your heels right now, Man, you start dumping underneath stuff to this guy. Let this dude, let this dude make some plays, man. And I just, for the life of me, cannot understand. Ad Mitchell, I mean, worthy. All these guys, yes, absolutely, man. But you got a dude right there that is waiting to eat, and you're just not utilizing the guy, man. 
Yeah, JT Sanders, four catches for 47 yards. The longest one was that 19-yard catch. And, yeah, um, I'm not going to lie, man. I think they throw him the ball too much in short yardage situations. Like, I would like mm-hmm. to see him more in intermediate or even, like, over 20 yards type stuff because I think he's that athletic. He can do that. But you'll see a lot of those, like, when it's third and three or they just need the first down and it's about five yards, they'll motion JT Sanders and they'll have him just kind of, you know, for just short yardage stuff towards the sideline. And that's cool and all. I get it. He's a sure-handed guy. Guy, but let's get him in the open field because we saw earlier against Alabama this year he was the best wide receiver in that game I mean I know you look at Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell's touchdowns but JT Sanders stats he had the most stats in that Alabama game and they were going up the field with number zero and then you go to yeah. Baylor he had that one-handed catch that was more up the field so yeah getting that guy up the field like he's a mismatch nightmare I'm right there with you and it just seems like you know when you ask Sark those things why aren't certain guys getting touches he's gonna go too well it's hard for everyone to eat. There's only one ball to, you know, go around. You know what I'm saying? Like, he says that. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's fair. But also, get your best players the ball. Like, Xavier Wordy, I felt like, had 20 targets tonight. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And some, yeah. he shouldn't have. Some, like, yeah, I get it. Xavier Worthy, he's a special player. That's special speed you got over there coming out of Frisco, California. But... It's just, yeah, I would like to see JT Sanders in the mix a little more, too. And, oh, man, that's, yeah. That's, well. David, I'm, I'm, you're right, man. Like, David talking about AD saved Quinn's ass on that last play. Hey, yeah, AD he saved Sark's ass. Because I was he like, did. what the hell are you calling right now? Yep. This is very yep. ballsy. This is very risky. And it worked. I'll give them that. They got what they wanted, you know, when you get – Adonai Mitchell and one-on-one coverage like that, you should definitely throw it up to him because he's proven with nine touchdowns total this season that he's an absolute playmaker coming out of most city. But, man, I – like Iowa State's up right now like 31. They're blowing out BYU. And I know the Horns blew out BYU, but there should be blowouts here, Rodney. We shouldn't be talking about three-point wins, barely squeaking it out. Like, yeah, why, that's that's so frustrating. It's like this team's so stacked. Like these, where these, is the disconnect? These these shouldn't be close. These shouldn't be close. They, I mean, you look at the halftime stats. Total yards, uh, twenty six to six ball game at the half. Texas had three hundred and thirty one total yards. Uh, TCU had one ten. Is what you had at that point. And you know, I, I you call it conservative play calling. Call it taking your foot off the brake or, or I mean, whatever you want to call it right there, man, that, that just shouldn't happen. That just should not happen with the talent that you have on this club. But, but you know, we can sit here and point out the obvious of the things that went wrong, but dude, I, and I can tell you what Byron Murphy, Devondre sweat, man, I'm going to sit here and I, I'm going to battle with those dudes anytime because they were the ones, I mean, these dudes locking down on the defensive front. I mean, they've been doing that all season and, and it's the same thing, man. Like in all the other games that we're talking about right there where these guys are doing all that shit uh, along the line there. And then, you know, guys coming off the edge and doing what they're doing. I mean, then, then the adjustments there that TCU made, they start exposing the secondary. I mean, it, it really is, man. It's like a broken record. It's over and over and over. But I, I, I'm going to say it again, that that front, man, 
that front man, you lean on those guys because of th them boys. That's hosses right there, man. That 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 that's your ballsy guys right there, man, because they are taking care of business still. Yeah, and we'll see what Iowa State and Texas Tech does these next two weeks. Because what hurts the Longhorns are when teams go at a fast tempo. You saw it against Oklahoma. Yep. With Jeff yep. Levy and the fast tempo that Dylan Gabriel had for the Sooners, and that caused havoc. As good as Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy are, that tempo that could hurt guys that are over 300 pounds. But when those guys are able to lock in and get after the quarterback, like they are making life hell for the Horn Frogs in that first half. And once Hoover, once Hoover started getting out of the pocket which that was big for them. Uh, you know, shout out to Browse because I'm sure that went into the game plan. Like, hey, you might have to get out of the pocket because Jaradre Sweat and Byron Murphy and that good defensive line for the Horns, they're coming for you. So if you get out the pocket and you can make some plays and keep your head up down the field, there's going to be opportunities because this secondary for the Horns, they could be questionable at times. And that's what happened. You know, Josh Hoover did a good job maneuvering around the pocket, scrambling yep. out and making throws up the field. Like the dude takes chances. He's an absolute gunslinger. And yeah, he might have eight interceptions this season, but you know, that dude, he he tries the ball as much as he can. He does, they showed of him and Quinn Ewers in their high school days. Like the yep. dude's no scrub. Yep. He might be a sleeper guy, but he's no scrub. And that's a big reason why with Chandler Morris, who was available tonight, still didn't get the start because they mm -hmm. have confidence in Josh Hoover. And I guess Chandler Morris, they might be off that in Fort Worth. But at the end of the day, the Longhorns, they the got to win. win. Hey, we, <laughs> you know, we weren't really even talking about cfp before the season i know i wasn't because that just seems so far-fetched it was like big 12 first and then see what you could focus on afterwards we knew that this roster could win a big 12 championship we just didn't know you know how that would look how that would play out and you know a lot of people said one loss this season i think i said two but yeah. hey you beat alabama you're nine and one. You're first in the Big 12 with two games left. Like everything's in your path to get to Jerry World. And if those were your goals at the beginning of the season, then Texas, they're in a good spot. Like I, you can't knock that. You can't <laughs> knock that one big. As much as we like to critique these guys, and that's our job out here on Texas Sports Unfiltered, it's, you know, I'm not naive to know that the Horns still have a chance to win a Big 12 championship, something that they don't do very often. And if you could do that going into the SEC, then that gives you all types of momentum. It just it sucks to see this team oh, with man. all this talent and all the optimism that you have with all the injuries that they've had, which you got to account that for, you know, maybe some of the. Uh, comebacks that Kansas State, U of H, and TCU have had. Like, I didn't really – I didn't see Jaden Catalan out there tonight. Let me know if you did. Like, I didn't see number 11 out there. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. that's a guy that you had a lot of optimism on coming in from Fayetteville, being the first-team all-SEC player, and he wasn't out there. Like, Mookie Tav, that dude's getting some crazy minutes. Derek Williams getting some crazy minutes. Guys that you didn't think would get key minutes after Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford, but they are. 
and everything that Texas has, you know, endured to be nine and one, you got to praise that. You got to praise Steve Sarkeesian. Say what you want about yeah. him. You got to give him that credit, man. The dude has definitely turned the culture around, going from five and seven to eight and five. Now you got as many wins as you did in 2022. That is huge. That's absolutely huge. And yeah, this team just has a lot of opportunity in front of them still. And if you're a Texas fan, you should be proud of that. You should. I mean, nine and one, man, there's nothing wrong with nine and one. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, I think as we talked, you know, in the preseason, it was going to be one of those things where you had to have 10 wins, man. You're one game away from that. I mean, it is sitting right there in front of you. And I, and I think the other part of it, Zay is, I mean, like we were talking about today, man, the, the big 12 is coming back to you. I mean, you know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago where you had a four or five way tie for first place. And now here you go. I mean, th this really was a transition Saturday. Yeah. Texas gets out and, and, and they almost blow another one, but yet at the same point, you're sitting all by yourself at the top of the big 12 because everybody finds a way to step on themselves. So, so, I mean, th this is where you really start, where, where you really start looking at this thing come together and that needs to be the goal. I mean, go out there, win these games, win the Big 12 championship, get yourself to Arlington, just win that chance. Let, let the rest play itself out. Let the rest play, it, play itself out. Because I think if you get too caught up into this, because this one loss thing today or, or the one loss team thing, all of that back and forth, that is something right there where it, it is going to be totally out of everyone's control. It's going to be those people sitting in that room that are going to decide how all that shit plays itself out. All you got to, I mean, go out there, take care of business. That's all you can do at this point. You can't, uh, you can't erase the the Houston game. You can't erase the Kansas. And I mean, why do you want to erase them? They're wins. I mean, they're wins. And 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 it goes back to what we've talked about in the past. This team would have found a way to lose those games. But oh, they're easy. Not, they're not losing those games. Yeah, easy. Easy. And, the, you know, that win against Kansas State last week, you did it with Malik Murphy. You know, like you did it with Malik Murphy, Quinn yours. He wasn't a hundred percent tonight. He wasn't, and he was still nope. solid. Yes, I know Quinn Ewers had some balls that were very underthrown, and you know, I just still I, I get that he wasn't perfect, but to be not a hundred percent and to go twenty-three for thirty-three for three hundred and seventeen yards and a touchdown, like that's huge. And yeah, yeah, I'm I'm proud of this Horns team. I really am. Too, man. Fort Worth, that's not an easy place to play. You know, when you see Gary Patterson's sweaty-ass statue outside the stadium, <laughs> like, that should give you some nerves. <laughs> that should give you some yep. nerves. Like, oh, man, this is a different atmosphere. You know, it was another sold-out game. Like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm very proud of this team, man. Let's see if they get back to the drawing board, get Jalen Catalan and some guys healthy. And Christian Jones, he looked a step slow today. This was the worst mm -hmm. game that he's had all year long. He's been yeah. terrific all season. I've been saying that he's been the most consistent offensive lineman, and he didn't make the Kansas State game last week, and he had a few false start penalties in this game. And I felt like that was due to rust or him still not being 100%. But, yeah, once the offensive line, gets back into the swing of things and everybody's healthy and stuff we'll see what happens with Jonathan Brooks it does not look good but I have faith in CJ Baxter for these next games and getting the dub just hey one one game at a time one, one game at a time
And, and that's really going to be, be the big question. I mean, with Jonathan Brooks, I mean, and, and, you know, the whole thing is, I think this is something that's kind of been building up. I mean, I've seen the last couple of weeks to where he's, there's been a couple of times where you look at him after a play and I mean, he's trying to sh- shake shit off. I mean, it, it's a lot of wear and tear. It's a lot of wear and tear that he's had to endure because he, man, he has been the bell cow and he's done one hell of a job. I mean, he's one of the best running backs in the country and kind of to Matt's point right here, because I hear this a lot talking about, I mean, let, let's not even think about 05 teams and, and all of that, man. I, I know I know that, that – I mean, man, we love those days. I love to watch that game over and over. This is this is totally different right now. This is a totally different uh, landscape of college football. And, I mean, look – and the other part of it, Zay, is, I mean, look at the teams that we're talking about. Everyone uh, or a, a lot of these teams, a lot of these elite teams right now that you find in the top 10, the top 12 – Dude, they're having to win ugly football games. Maybe not to the extent that Texas is, uh, but they're all winning ugly football games. That, that's just, hey, man, th- this is college football right now, man. It, it is it is jam-packed. There's a lot of parity. Just keep winning games. That's all it comes down to it. A W is a W at this point. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like Texas, they have too many ugly wins. You know, Washington, they had the ugly win against Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State this year and, you know, Ohio State, they had their ugly win, but that was against Notre Dame in South Bend, you know, like it's just a little bit different. And if you have a one loss right now, like who is it against? Like Texas one loss was against Oklahoma. Alabama's one loss was against Texas. You Mm -hmm. know, Oregon's one loss was against Washington. So it's like, damn. And Old Miss, obviously, they're going to get knocked out of contention with getting blown out today by Georgia. But, um, yeah, like let's let's get to the player of the games and stuff, man. Yeah, but, yeah. Let, let, let's dive in. Let, let's go to our defensive MVP, uh, MVP, and that's presented by Kenfield Golf Cars. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned golf cart, and man, those things are everywhere. I see people in my neighborhood riding around. It's like people used to walk around the neighborhood. Hell, now they ride on a golf cart. That's all right, whatever. We got great news. Our friends at uh, Kenfield Golf Cars, they're, uh, they're right around the corner. Founded back in 1979, they have an unparalleled selection of different golf carts available, new or used, and they want to turn your golf cart ideas into reality. Zay, I'm in the racing world, dude. You should see some of the golf carts that I see, man. These guys, these guys come rolling out, and it looks like a, a four by four. No job is too big or too small for the team, whether uh, the, the existing golf cart or they can get you uh, design something that's going to fit your needs. It's Kenfield Golf Carts. Check out their website at KenfieldGolfCars.com or give them a call at 512-258-8515. Defensive MVP Zay Collier, man. Uh, <laughs> it. it in a nail biter like this, it's hard to pick just one. It is. It is. Um, I'm going to go with Terrence Brooks, man. I'm going to go with Terrence Brooks. We know Terrence Brooks has had his ups and downs this season, but to get the interception that he did, and he didn't get called for that holding pass interference call on the two-point conversion to keep it at 29-19. to 19. But his mm-hmm. uh, interception – Late in that first half was huge because the horns went down and scored that thing right after. And, yeah, you know, that dude 
again, he's had his ups and downs this season. I thought he had a solid game. You know, obviously you could look at Trevondre Sweat and what he brings to the table always, but that's too easy. I feel like Mm -hmm. Kellen Ford, kind of same with him. Those are too easy. They always bring it. But Terrence Brooks, man, getting the interception like that and then scoring afterwards, like that has to give you some confidence. And we knew Hoover, he's going to throw it up like eight interceptions on the season. It's not like he started every game either. So even though he made some good plays tonight, he's going to give your defense an opportunity. And Terrence Brooks capitalized on his. So, yeah, that was a big play during the game to make it 26 to 6. Jonathan Brooks, 22. Yeah, 22-yard touchdown that came right after that play. Defensive player of the game for me, Terrence Brooks. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that pick. And our defensive play of the game, and that's presented by Moonshine uh, or Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. And, and I have a feeling here, it's kind of, t- to me, if I really look at this, dude, the offensive and defensive play of the game, I, I think they kind of mesh because I think I know what play we're going to. <laughs> but i got to tell you about the great folks there at Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. Uh, that's a place that takes you back to a simpler time, comfort, comfortable familiar i mean easygoing i mean they're 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 greeting guests Uh, i mean like the old days i I mean they see folks walk up serving that great food um an innovative take on classic american uh, comfort food moonshine's menu satisfies even the big city taste and lord knows that there's a lot of big city tastes rolling up around here these days um go see them have a fantastic dinner check them out have a weekend brunch two locations downtown and avery ranch that's out my way moonshinegrill.com for more information uh they've been doing it for two decades so they've been doing it for quite a while the defensive play of the game zay um <laughs> again um your thoughts on that one uh i would probably say the fourth down stop in the third quarter that was a pretty big play you know yeah. they bend but don't break the six range red zone defense in the nation and they showed why and michael taff he could have gotten called for a holding it was some contact back there but hoover ended up just throwing it out of bounds not being able to find anyone that was a pretty big play even though the horns couldn't you know make anything out of it offensively but yeah i'll say that because that play early on if they would have scored then in the third quarter, who knows what would have happened because they started to get a rhythm, the Horn Frogs, mm-hmm. especially in the fourth quarter with, um, you know, two touchdowns. But, yeah, yeah, holding the team when you're inside the red zone and they yeah. can't score. And we, we kind of knew that would be a problem for TCU, even though they did a good job with the tempo later on. They came in this game under the 26th in the nation in red zone efficiency. So, mm-hmm. again, the stat that I just threw out you for, uh, for Texas, like we knew that Texas would win that battle. And right. on the second possession for the Horn Frogs in the second half, they did stopping them fourth, um, you know, turnover on downs, on fourth down. So, yeah, I would say that's the defensive play of the game for me yeah no doubt our offensive play of the game presented by hat creek burger company i got one of those out my way uh my uh mine is out uh 79 over by dell diamond celebrating uh 15 years 15th birthday coming up this month um they're going to take care of you guys started a food truck back in 2008 and here they are with locations uh 26 locations across uh texas including right here dallas houston san antonio 
Temple in Waco, the famous Hat Creek Burgers, Fries and Shakes. Check out all those locations. The offensive play of the game, and that's probably in the first half, I would say, my man, right? <laughs> that seemed to be when all the fireworks were happening on, on the offensive side because 26-6 uh, uh, to six at the half, and the score wound up. Uh, 29 to 26. <laughs> yeah, so it may be, but it might be the deep shot to Adonai Mitchell on third down. Yeah. That that might be yeah. it because, hey, if they don't get that, like TCU, I don't know if TCU is thinking three, Rodney, with the way that yeah. they push the ball and what browse the pace that he likes to play at. Like TCU's fifth in the nation that I want to say uh, most plays a game. So that tempo is so fast-paced. Like, they probably would have felt very comfortable on a Ryan Sanborn who wasn't putting the best tonight in Fort Worth on a 40-something-yard punt to do what Oklahoma did on their yeah. last possession and drive That's the right. ball. So That's right. for Adonai Mitchell to have that type of just body control to come back to the ball and know that, hey, Quinn Ewers is throwing it to me, there might be a slight possibility – Well. I want to say slight, a big possibility. This might not be all the money. I'm going to have to make a play. And number five did that. That was a huge play to ice the game and big time call from Sark. It is. It is. And I got to tell you, Zay, A.D. Mitchell to me is a dude that, I mean, you knew with him coming in from Georgia, you know, I mean, he's been part of national championship teams and everything. You knew that he was going to have the impact. But I mean, to watch to watch what this dude is doing, um, man, he, he really is. I, I mean, I think he really was. Um, I know when Malik, you know, the games that Malik played, this was his dude right there. And here he is once again making plays. And that uh, I, I tell you, that, that, that championship pedigree, that having been there, and and I've heard him talk about I've heard him talk about that he thinks that this team has the ability to do what some of those Georgia teams did. Um, uh, TBD <laughs> to be determined. Yeah, uh, right. Will, will it, I don't remember Georgia teams blowing up these kind of leads, but uh, that dude, uh, that dude is really something else. Uh, our offensive MVP, um, uh, Verde's Mexican Perea, a uh, proud uh, sponsor there of that, uh, located right there on Hamilton. Uh, Hamilton Pool Rule, Office 75, or 75, Office 71, Verde's, man, you can catch him out there with our pregames or, or our Friday um, pregame parties. They've been out there at Covert with us, just really cool stuff right there. Beautiful indoor dining area, makes for a great date night if you're looking to do that. Um, inside, covered patio, space for the whole family. They've got huge grass areas with frisbees and games for everyone to enjoy. It's really a cool spot to uh to to go out and have a date night or just go out and have a family night they can host your parties as well go see them it's verde's mexican paria as we like to say in in uh in spanish uh our offensive mvp mvp we were just sitting there talking about uh ad mitchell um do you maybe give that to quinn yours for the testicular fortitude on what he did tonight or or jonathan brooks because jonathan brooks um, lots of stalwarts here for offensive MVP. Yeah, um, I'm going to give it to Xavier Worthy. Nice. Yeah, 10 catches, 137 yards. You know, we thought he had a touchdown, but he went Dak Prescott on us and had his foot go out of bounds, so it took away the point. Yeah, you like that, right? Uh-huh, threw out a little Dak shot right there. But, um, yeah, man, Xavier Worthy, just his toughness – and knowing that, yo, 
if I run my routes, nobody could guard me. Like if I'm Xavier Worthy, I'm watching Tyreek Hill film all the time. Like that's yeah. what I'm doing because that's the guy that I'd model my game after with similar speed. Like Tyreek Hill, people just think he's a deep shot threat. No, go watch the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill runs every route. And he runs it. Chris, he just doesn't use his speed. Like his releases are nasty. And Xavier Worthy, he's getting real technical with his game. And as good as he's been in the University of Texas uniform, I know last year a lot of Horn fans were probably like, Zay, what the hell are you talking about? Well, yeah, he had a broken freaking hand. That's Sark's yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's hard it's hard to catch when you got a bad wing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, why are we throwing right. him the ball all the time when he has a broken freaking hand? Why is he doing – like, of course he's not going to take any punts to the house. He's worried about just catching the ball. He ain't worried about what's he going to do with it afterwards. So, yeah, Xavier Worthy, that dude. And the toughness, man. I, I mentioned it yeah. earlier when we started. Like, him being able to – he's not running out of bounds. He's not going down like Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. once he catches the ball. Like, the dude is initiating contact, and he's trying to get extra yardage. And, again, he had Josh Newman in shambles today. He had he that did. dude in shambles. He won that matchup completely because they wanted to move Josh Newman around to check him. Like, yep. it wasn't like when Xavier Wordy went somewhere, Josh Newman went with him. Right. There was some yep. old school type shit. Like, I appreciate that. Like, that's some old school Dion, you follow Jerry Rice type that's shit. Right. And Xavier, right. you got to win your matchups. And that dude, he won his matchup. Again, 10 catches, 137 yards. He was huge. And they got away from that in the second half. They got away from going to him, you know, and, and yeah. just like the flow in the second half. It wasn't there. Like, stay with it. Now, or if Xavier Worthy starting to get that bracket coverage or starting getting two people, then Adonai Mitchell, you mentioned JT Sanders, Jordan Winnington, they need to start getting in the mix more. Like, that's what it's all about. But, yeah, man, that's – oh, shit. David, man, have a good David, night. It's getting late. I'm with you, bro. David, you do it, brother, because your team is 9-1. and one. That is – that's the bottom line right there. Your team is 9-1. and one. And they are sitting in sole possession of first place in the Big 12. And was it pretty? No, it wasn't. It it absolutely was not pretty. The last few weeks have not been pretty. But you know what? It doesn't matter. And like we keep talking about, man, uh, this team, this program would have shit the bed. Would have shit the bed in the recent past. And we'd be – I'm telling you, Zay, I keep talking about this on Chaos Theory. It's like – Man, we we'd be planning another we'd be planning another December at, at the Alamo Bowl in the oh past, man. Because so we, we, San Antonio, man. We we'd be on the Riverwalk. We'd be over there, uh, you know, going and eating all that good Mexican food. That's a uh, that's what we'd be planning right now. But in the past, yeah. in the past. But you know what? Nine and one. Texas wins tonight, twenty nine to twenty six. It's on to Ames, and then Texas Tech. Jonathan Brooks, that's going to be the big question as we hit the Sark Presser coming up uh, at 11 a.m. And we remind you to be sure and check in on Monday right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're all day, 8 to 5. You got all the shows, all of us doing all of our programs. We'll continue to break this game down, start looking forward, and uh, recap everything that happened in college football today. Got to talk about the Michigan stuff. We'll talk about Washington talk about Alabama and we got a whole day of NFL that's coming up tomorrow as the Cowboys uh go into uh, yikes against uh Danny DeVito uh, taking on Danny DeVito (laughs) with Rhea Perlman in the backfield with Rhea Perlman in the backfield all right the final word and I think the final word pretty much is right there that your team is nine and one but 
the final word here on the postgame show presented by Paul's Motor Works. Paul's Motor Works providing complete foreign and domestic auto repair in Austin since 2000. They specialize in the Beamers, the Mini Coopers, the Mercedes-Benz, Audis, Volkswagens, and Porsches, and they do much more than that. That's where BK goes and gets his oil changed. Now, I figured BK did that out in his apartment parking lot, for crying out loud. Yeah, right. I love the guy, and the guy is he's he's different. He's definitely different, but him doing his own oil and stuff like that, I mean, yeah. man. He, he doesn't have oil under his fingernails. He doesn't have yeah. oil under his fingernails like a mechanic. Uh, final word for me, Zay, is exactly what I just said. You're 9-1. and one. The path is in front of you. The Big 12 just came back to you today, and you're sitting there. Rejoice on this, man. There's lots of there, There's lots of things to fix. Um, there's lots of questions moving forward, but damn, it's all still sitting there right in front of you. Doesn't matter how close it gets. Um, it's all right there. Zay Collier, your final word, brother. Um, this is going to be an interesting week because with the way I saw Jonathan Brooks limping off the field, needing help from somebody else, um, where, where are you going to get that production from? You know, C.J. Baxter, yes, we know that he has a lot of hype and he would have been the starter this year if he didn't get hurt. And who knows what John the Brooks season would have looked like. But show me why he was supposed to be the starter, Sark, because I haven't seen it. I've just seen that you made a bad uh, coaching decision and it ended up being good. So nobody's really saying anything. Right. With John the right. Brooks. Like, that right. dude was back, if that dude was backing up CJ Baxter, I need to see in Ames why CJ Baxter was starting. And that should scare some Horns fans because again, Jonathan Brooks, like him being a focal point for this team. Now you're going to have to change up your scheme a little bit. And is CJ Baxter, is he going to be game enough to do that, yeah. Jaden Blue, he's obviously going to get in the mix, you know. And what does that mean for an Iowa State team that's playing some really good football? We know going to Ames, it's always tough. Quinn Ewers getting back healthier and healthier week after week. Like you're playing another three-three-five defense, the team that basically invented it. So you know, can you keep on just riding this win high? And can you fix mm-hmm. the mistakes if you get up and against Iowa State? Or are you going to allow those teams to come back? Because that's what we're always going to look for. No lead is safe now. You've shown right. Texas. That's this right. is what Texas is. Even though you're nine and one, you've shown that no lead is safe when it comes to just this team letting their foot off the gas or Steve Sarkeesian's play calling or lack thereof in the second half due to the other coach making adjustments and Sark and this coaching staff not able to make their adjustments on top of the other coach making their adjustments. Like, Mm -hmm. are they willing to fix those things in the next two weeks? Because, hey, even though everything's looking gravy right now, you could easily lose these next two games just because they want to beat you so bad. And they they have some pretty good defenses for Matt Campbell's squad. So good win tonight. You're nine and one. Got to be proud of that. Got to be proud of a team that looks like they're going to get their 10th win sooner or later. And yeah, like sooner or later, I'll be out there. I'm saying like, I can't, I can't even guarantee it. Two games, hopefully they'll get they'll get their ten. I know, man. I'm just saying, with what I saw against Kansas State, U of H, and what I saw tonight, this team you just can't completely trust. Mm-mm. But you want to, and they're getting Mm-mm. 
Cubs and you love the maturity and you love the leadership. Like John A. Barron, he had a hit tonight where I was like, holy shit. Like that dude is an absolute star. Jalen Ford, you know he's going to play hard. You know the yep. leadership that they bring on both sides. Like Jordan Winnington, we got to mention this before we go. Jordan Winnington, you got, I guess, like, I don't know. You need some award tonight from us. Because yep. you might not got many touches, but you getting that ball back after Quinn Ewers throwing that interception, that shows why you're one of the fan favorites on this team and why everybody That's loves right. Jordan Winnington. Like, that shows his heart, and everybody needs to look at that play. Like, that's the that should be one of the first things Sark shows on film uh, come yep. tomorrow. Like, Jordan yep. Winnington, like, hey, this guy, you don't think this guy wants a Big 12 championship? That's why he came back for his, like, Brock Cunningham sixth year. This is why yep. he came exactly. back. Exactly. Like he, he came back. He wants this shit bad. He plays with yeah. so much heart and so much pride. And I'm going to miss that dude when he's gone, man, because I don't know. Sark talks about him being a future NFL player. I hope so. But, yeah, man, you need guys well, like him. And that was a huge play tonight. And I can tell you what, Jay, depending on how all this thing shakes itself out, I mean, whether it's a Big 12 championship, you know, hopefully that that that's going to be what happens. If somehow you get yourself into a college football playoff, you're going to go back and you're going to find plays that really solidify the season that Jay Witt play tonight is going to be at the top of the list right there because that was big balls. That was heart of a champion. That's a dude that is a team player and it's going to do anything that he has to do to make it happen. Yeah, hey. He ain't bitching about not catching the ball. Like He ain't no. bitching about none of that stuff. No. None of that. He could be. It could, he could easily no. be like, yo, man. I'm trying to put some film up for these NFL scouts. Sark ain't helping me none. That's and, right. And, <laughs> you know, he's not. He's out there busting his ass on a play that a lot of people would have given up on and not even have made the tackle because they were worried about their bodies. He's throwing his body, putting it on the line, and giving the horns extra possessions just with his toughness and heart. And Yeah, that's – you right, man. That's, that, that's why this team is 9-1. and one. That's why. No plays off. No like plays that. off. You play to the whistle. You play to the whistle. Yeah. And that play right there solidified all of that right there, man. Um, great post-game show. Thank you all for being a part of this. Uh, again, 29 to 26, Texas wins over TCU. It's on to Ames. It's time to go and take on Iowa State. And by the way, I think uh, I think 31 to 13 now is I see the score there. And I guarantee you, you bet your ass, Iowa State's going to come locked and loaded and want to knock off Texas and kind of ruin this uh, probable, possible championship run. Thanks to all of our sponsors here on the postgame show, the great folks at Clean Cause, Verde's Mexican Parilla, Kenfield Golf Cars, Hat Creek Burger Company, Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill, Paul's Motor Works. Don't forget, guys, we're doing it all day on Monday. We'll continue to break this down and start looking forward. Chip and Zay will be in the afternoon. It'll be myself and Wags in the morning. And it all starts with Bucky and BK, 8 a.m. right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. Zay, final thought, my brother. Oh, man, it's been fun. It's late. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna check out, you know, the rest of these games on the late night and watch some good NFL tomorrow and get ready to break down Iowa State. Rocking and rolling. Jamming yeah. on, man. All right, Zay. Have a good night, my man. Thank you all for you being too, a brother. part of Texas Sports Unfiltered post game show. Hook 'em. Texas is nine and one and heading to Ames. Y'all have a great weekend.